Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. <laughs> I've never heard that. Uh, bl- that well, how would you describe that noise? A bl- a bl- <laughs> it was it was really nice noise of uh, my my glass, my water, and my glass. Thing. I bet I couldn't do that again if I tried. Hold on. Oh, I can. Oh, that's lovely. Hold on, hold on. Ready? Maybe this. Could oh no! Just I've be... just poured water on my Mac. <laughs> on. Okay. Hello, you are listening to the podcast of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Steve Curran. I take it we are going to keep all of that in, uh, otherwise it's going to just come completely out of context. (laughs) Why is Steve liquid? Um, uh, So I'm sorry you're editing the show this week, uh, because I think you're going to have to cut some bits out of that uh, to get Uh... it to fit the radio format. I think, as usual, I'll have no trouble finding bits to cut out. Um, and I've just poured water on my couch. Okay. I'll stop doing uh, that now. Um, it does sound so, nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, I had a nice time today. Yes. Uh, yeah, we, like like you say, maybe we should try broadcasting at all different times of the day and see how that, how affects, how that affects our mood. Um, One yeah. Life Left Midnight Show, live from your shed. What would be in that then? What would you What would you say on a midnight show that you? I don't know. It'd be creepy though, Simon. I definitely see a figure behind you halfway through. Ooh, I, yeah. I didn't. Right. Let's not do that then. And we Let's did try and bro- we broadcast from a bed once before, didn't we? We did back in the day at Nottingham Game City. Uh, that was fun. Um, we broadcast from a balcony above uh, Rovio once. That's true, and we might be. We we've been asked for the first time in a long time to do uh, some live shows this week, haven't we? So there may be uh, there may be some future one life lefts broadcast from unusual places. Uh, yeah, we're not doing them this week, are we? Because I'm uh, I am busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean this week. Oh, we've okay. Been asked, we've been asked this week for um, October and December. Of this year so you've got plenty of time to get good at this the live tour um yeah it's been a while it's been a while uh yeah good show today um i i uh, as as ever you sort of sit down at the start of it and think oh, how we're going to fill an hour and then we we had to cut short didn't we so i could have talked for longer about the game i reviewed it's very good um i'm pleased that you're going to check it out i have to say i was surprised by your reaction to the game that you reviewed because i played it for 10 minutes and thought, hmm. um, I can't remember if I've said this on the show before, but it's the I looked at it and thought, huh, this is the sort of game I could make. And mm. um, I make, I have made in my time three rubbish, <laughs> three rubbish games. Yeah, um, I mean it is, but I I could make Cookie Clicker, and it didn't stop me sinking, you know, uh, you know, a day of my life into that, and I could make. Uh, any of those idle games and yeah i could make this that is not to say there isn't a uh, you know an amount of professionalism gone to this gone into this it is really nicely balanced i think um and i, I don't love it i really don't and every time i play it i think yeah i'm probably out now but it's so easy to go back in and play it for 20 minutes that I think until something good comes along that is more interesting to me as a game designer, uh, I will keep playing it. And it may be the game that you've just mentioned, which I've 
I've forgotten the name of, but I'm going to find out when I edit the show, so you don't need to say. Okay. Uh, what's so while we've been talking, something's happened that I've been I've been hoping for. We've just received a letter um, <laughs> from from uh, Chris Conroy uh, that that he obviously didn't know that we were recording the show early, um, and we don't want to leave the letter to be a week out of date. So Chris writes, "Dear I Team and I SSG, I've been having a, l- a bit of a clear out this week and came across my old steering wheel and pedal sets hidden in a dusty box like a Joe Dante plot device. A few hours later, I've been." So- back into uh, a free three-month iRacing subscription. It was having way too much fun. All ambitions to pass on this particular albatross forgotten. Two things stood out. The last time I logged into iRacing was 2013, but the hardware and the software still supply a compelling experience. Let's face it, the core mechanic in racing sims is fairly stable, and while I suspect VR has amped the realism, that's for a different day, holiday, stroke, gardening, gardening leave. On a less positive note, the past 10 years haven't been as kind to my body and my old man's shoulders complain about being made to hold a steering wheel for extended periods. So, in some ways, it's now too real for me. What gaming experiences have sucked you back in at the last minute when a virtual retirement was three days away and there was just one more job? Your curiously compelled correspondent, Chris Conroy. Just one more job. Well, it sounds like you're um, you're giving up on Elden Ring, are you? <laughs> never say never. Um, okay. But what I did was, uh, as I said in the review section, or for listeners to this intro... As I will say in the review section, I played it a little bit this week and realised I wasn't getting anything out of it anymore. So I went on the internet and read about the systems a bit more um, and read about the intricacies in the systems and, yeah, thought, yeah, I'm I'm basically done now. So I probably won't go back in unless uh, I read something again that captures my attention. You know, that's a good example. And actually, to be honest, so is Vampire Survivors, which like you um i played once and thought oh yeah i get this but then keeps dragging me back because i am really vulnerable to that sort of game um yeah and i i I don't know and for once i've got an excuse to say that to this because it's only just come in just come in Uh, yeah and that implies steve that we do research and think about any of the content in advance for everything else that we do which simply isn't no it doesn't imply that it implies that we feel guilty about not having done that for the others (laughs) i said for once we have an excuse this time okay Um, i'm sure that i'm sure there are answers though games that i i think that commonly i'm going to go back to um or maybe we could keep this particular question exclusive to podcast listeners and you can let us know next week. That's right. Uh, talking of podcast listeners, I think, Simon, this week I'm not going to edit the sounds of the cars out of the background. Oh, you're um, keeping it real? I think I'm going to keep it real. Partly because, you know, different atmosphere, isn't it? It's a, it's a morning-afternoon broadcast show. And partly because because of the time... There's an awful lot of them. So, <laughs> you know, on the one hand, apologies for that, if that impairs your enjoyment of One Life Left. On the other hand, if you enjoy it, you're welcome. Let us know whether you want the cars kept in or not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Yeah, well, hopefully there's some other stuff that will uh, mitigate uh, your disappointment with the sound of vehicles. Uh, let's find out, shall we? Here's a, here's a show. <laughs> Afternoon and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And this is Britain's oldest and, let's say, favouritest video game radio show. Um, when I said good afternoon, that was confusing, Simon, for two reasons. One, we usually broadcast it in the evening. We usually record in the evening and broadcast it in the evening. Two, it's not even afternoon, it's actually morning, so I screwed that up. Yes, uh, since uh, the pandemic, we've been recording um, in advance and uh, recording as live. So I don't know what lengths you go to, Steve, but I actually have reconfigured all my calendars so that Sunday is Monday in my house. (laughs) 
um, and that uh, we sort of generally record at seven o'clock as it is. Um, but then, yeah, I, what I do is I reset all my clocks to whenever we record. So it's still Monday, 7pm in my house. But here uh, in South London, it's actually, well, it's at 11am on a Sunday morning. I've just realised that means we will wrap around into the afternoon. So it's it's all good. And then, of course, with the podcast, it all depends. You know, we we don't dictate when you have to listen to this. Very although, true. you know, do listen to the radio on uh, Resonance 104.4 FM uh, where you can. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're recording it. Thank you for bringing the recording forward, Steve. Uh, I'm in the middle of a, of a crisis. Um, I, was, uh, I was down the pub uh, on Friday evening. Uh, yesterday I went to a stag do. <laughs> this evening I'm going to see the wedding present who are playing uh, in the town that I live in, which is surprising. Um, and then tomorrow I'm seeing Muse. Wow. I know. It doesn't I, sound like a crisis. It sounds like a party. Oh, I'm so tired, though. <laughs> uh, I'm so tired. Uh, yeah, it's like I work for the NME or something, you know, or Loaded. Well, it's quite the opposite for me because um, I was excited today, Simon, about having a nice, relaxing day watching Surrey play county cricket against North Ants. And um, then they went and blew that by wrapping the match up in three days. So thankfully for you, I'm free today, which means uh, it was easy for me and also exciting and convenient for us to reschedule. Um, yeah, because we, we didn't do a show last week either because you were poorly. Uh, are you are you feeling better? I am feeling fine. Uh, everyone in my household had a very very brief cold. My daughter uh, had one that lasted about twenty four hours, streaming right. nose and eyes, and then just suddenly vanished from nowhere. And yeah, similarly, uh, I felt a bit ropey last week as well. But uh, all all came good. Um, obviously, that timed itself with the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, it was suspicious, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I think you were away, weren't you? You were, uh, I don't know, in, in Ibiza or something. That's right, that's right, absolutely. Completely true. Um, but yes, right, we're back. Uh, lots to talk about, I guess, then, if we skipped a week. One assumes so. I haven't looked at the news at all. Our mailbag bursteth, I would have thought. The old posty was, so. we, posty was huffing and a puffing coming up to One Life Left Towers. We uh, definitely have one letter. And the good news is, uh, for everyone listening, I have played a game that isn't Elden Ring, although I will talk a little bit about Elden Ring as well, in the review section at the end of the show. Simon, have you looked at any news stories this week? Fortunately for you, Stee, I have. Okay, that's brilliant. Well, we will have the letter section coming up later in the show. We'll chat about other things, I'm sure, as well. But for now, let's begin the show with video game news. Perhaps the biggest story of last week, Steve. So no surprise to see it uh, featured at the top of our news <laughs> section. What is it? So I would imagine this is Embracer's purchase. Look at you with a nose for news. <laughs> Embracer's pur- purchase of uh, bits of Squeenix. Yes, from VideoGamesChronicle.com, written by Chris Scullion. Uh, Embracer Group has a agreed to acquire a large part of Square Enix's Western development arm for $300 million. The deal will see Embracer Group acquiring Crystal Dynamics, IDOS Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalogue of IPs, including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane. It will also include more than 50 back catalogue games from Square Enix. This will also potentially include Square Enix's Marvel games, Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, subject to the license holders agreements. The total acquisition includes around 1,100 employees across three studios in eight locations around the world. According to Embracer, the total purchase price will be $300 million on a cash and debt-free basis to be paid in full at closing. The deal is expected to close in the second quarter of this financial year. In a press release, Square Enix said the deal 
enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI and the cloud. It added, going forward, the company's development function will comprise its studios in Japan, Square Enix uh, External Studios and Square Enix Collective. The company's overseas studios will continue to publish franchises such as Just Cause, Outriders and Life is Strange. How do you feel? Well, obviously, uh, uh, how do you feel, Steve? But I can tell you how the um, how everybody reacted when the word blockchain appeared. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, this uh, this lit up the games industry, didn't it? They were delighted that Square Enix, Square Enix seemed to have positioned themselves because a lot of people in the in the video game space have immediate um, directionless anger as soon as blockchain is mentioned. And this gave them some direction to aim it at, at Square Enix. And also a kind of like uh, anticipated joy of a jailbreak of some of the titles that they uh, really like just... Uh, sorry, not Just Cause, uh, Tomb Raider and Deus Ex in particular. Finally, those titles are free of the prison they've been in at Squeenix for a few few years. I saw a particular ire aimed around the launch of uh, of the Marvel game, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which, you know, very critically well received but didn't do as well commercially. Um, Embracer being positioned as a force of good in the space. Um, and that the future for those games is bright. I'm not so sure about that because, for a start, Simon, I'm I'm not um, I'm not entirely sure what Embracer is. Can you can you uh, maybe shed some light on that first? Yes, it's um, it's a group uh, mm-hmm. with money that is mm-hmm. um, investing and acquiring studios developers publishers across the world okay so that there you've explained in a typical sort of first paragraph expanding on a press release uh, of stuff that we've already said right you can get that from the headline that the embracer group have acquired um some square enix properties for 300 million dollars what else uh so uh they um uh they started off as um i believe uh nordic games um mm. and uh moved out from there embraced other companies <laughs> sort of put their arms around them put that put some money in their pockets uh and um uh, expanding that way i think they are they public uh which is um Yes, they're on the NASDAQ, Stockholm. Um, Yeah, and that's how groups like this uh, Mm. continue to keep share prices up, is by inquiring IP. Uh, We've seen um, traditional publishers do it with studios, uh, because generally that's how you uh, get hold of IP, is by buying the company that owns it. Um, And clearly Embracers, uh, as a NASDAQ-quoted company, needs to show growth, and you do Mm. growth by getting bigger. Yeah, and I have no problem with that particularly, but it doesn't, to me, uh, show an immediately more sound basis for those franchises than Square Enix. Um, Furthermore, Tomb Raider's been doing pretty well, hasn't it, over the last few years? It seems to have been, yes. I mean, I've certainly enjoyed them. So, uh, you know, and I was surprised to see that not mentioned in the uh, Square Enix annual report. Um, but uh, it's it's single play. These are all single player titles, aren't they? Which um, mm. you know, depending on your view, are either doomed or um, or uh, should be managed better. So um, yeah, I would imagine, given what Square has been doing recently, uh, it's going to be focusing more on its uh, Japanese uh, games and also uh, more in inverted commas live service games. Do you think that means they're going to let go of Just Cause as well at some point? Uh, yeah, well, p- potentially. Um, it was. It, it did seem like an odd, an odd list that absolutely, you know, wasn't all. It wasn't everything, but mm. also wasn't nothing. Um, the other thing was uh, uh, that surprised people was the price, uh, which felt low. Of course, you know what they'll also be taking over are the running costs of those studios, and you know that's that's going to be worth a lot of money. Um, mm. So uh, yeah. Who knows? Do you know how much um, Square Enix acquired Eidos for back in the day? 
I no. say back in the day, I've no a lot, no idea how long ago that was. I'm going to Google it now. Presumably do do it. It'll come up in the headline. Headline: Square Enix acquires IDOS. It's all headlines about Embracer. Thank you, Google, very much for that. Well, but you raise a good point because uh, Square Enix bought IDOS. IDOS had previously bought SCI and Domark. Mm. That's where this all started. Um, IDOS was originally a video compression technology. Um, Really? Yeah. um, So, you know, all of this stuff's been slammed together. Uh, and then 84.3 million pounds uh, back in 2009 so uh, even accounting for inflation that sounds like a sounds like a profit doesn't it yeah uh yeah good going well well done square enix for the flip um looking forward to seeing oh my goodness that's a motorbike outside <laughs> my house right it sounds like chaos where you are steve South London. Mm. <laughs> well done, Square Enix, for the flip. Uh, looking forward to seeing what they've got planned for the future. Uh, Chris Scullion wrote on VideoGamesChronicle.com, a modder has turned a Fisher-Price toy game controller into an actual working one. Rudism, who describes himself as a builder of bizarre controllers, has managed to take a Fisher-Price game-and-learn controller and mod it so it can be used as an Xbox controller. According to Rudism... The controller can do anything a standard controller can do. Plus, it still makes all the annoying sounds it did originally. When asked by a follower how it could possibly perform every Xbox controller function, despite only having one analogue stick, two shoulder buttons, and no start, select, or Xbox guide buttons, Rudism explained how it worked in greater detail. The secret reportedly lies in the yellow slider button, which actually which usually toggles the toy's function, so the buttons either make educational or musical sounds. Rudism's mod changes the yellow slider so that switching it toggles the stick's functionality between the left and right analog stick and toggles the face buttons between A, B, X, Y and start, select and guide buttons. Uh, while there are only two bumpers, these can be tilted left or right so they can already handle both LT, LB and RT, RB. Did you see this, Steve? Did I see it? No. Can I hear it? There we go. So, as... Parents of uh, parents of children. I mean, I guess that's by definition what <laughs> what makes you a parent. Um, <laughs> uh, as pa- parents uh, who work in the video games industry, this uh, peripheral is perfectly pitched for people like us. You own one. I have one. Mm. Well, I don't. My daughter does. Um, and so, yeah, anybody who enjoys video games and they walk part, they walked in Smith's toy shop, which is where I first spotted it. You're like, oh, that's cool. I'll get one of those because it'll be cute. Eleven ninety nine or whatever it was. Um, um, we've talked about it on the show before. Yes. Um, because I know we've both sung the song on the show, but I don't think we've ever had a practical example of it, which I'm able to provide right now, almost as if we've set this up, but uh, also because I'm broadcasting from my front room and my front room is chaos full of toys uh but i can i can describe it now uh to the listener it's sort of joypad shaped and as that you know as such it does make a natural conversion for a standard pad although only one analog stick uh on the left there is also a d-pad on the left uh, the d-pad is numbered one two three and four and if i touch those buttons now Thank you very much. <laughs> On the right, uh, there are four face buttons labelled A, B, C and D. That's A, B, C and D. But as Simon says... Sorry. As, Amazing! Thank you. Uh, as Simon says, there's an e- that's the game mode. There's also an educational mode. Let's learn. Let's learn. Green, blue, red, orange. Or if I press, press them again... Or again, there we go. Very educational. There's also two triggers, uh, a purple trigger on the right. Not clear what that does. Uh, and uh, a uh, orange trigger on the left, which is not connected. The analog stick um, fires off the music, which is incredibly annoying. One, two, three, four, up goes your score. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
You're great. You're great. <laughs> can, you, can, you imagine, can you imagine playing Elden Ring on that, Steve? Um, you know, pretty much as functionally as I managed to play Elden Ring uh, without this, yes. Uh, uh, interestingly, you... Zoom is giving me a warning right now, uh, saying set up professional audio in audio settings, which Ooh. it's never it's never given us throughout you know, the last two years uh, of broadcasting. But like to be this. fair, to I mean, it does have to listen to a lot of rubbish from us. Um, yeah. b- but before you put that down, can you try the Konami code on it? Of course, of course, of course, of course. So, it, so up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right, B, A. There you go. There's a little secret there. Well done. Uh, And congratulations to Rudism. Uh, from videogameschronicle.com again again by Chris Scully and thanks for all the content Chris um, an investor document has revealed previously unknown information on Everywhere the new open world game from GTA producer Leslie Benzies as spotted by business analyst Roberto Serrano Galaxy Interactive has, has a presentation on its website which it, in which it details some of the companies it's invested in this includes Build a Rocket Boy the new studio by former Rockstar North president Leslie Benzies while the document doesn't name everywhere by name, it does give some information on what Benzie's team has been working on. The report describes everywhere as a real life Ready Player One, referring to the book and movie about a virtual reality open world. It calls it an open world AAA game. Now, uh, do try and keep up with this, Steve. Okay? An open world AAA game. Um, and, and actually, I think this 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 quote here. I think, uh, could have been written by an AI uh, whose purpose was to convince people, to to convince richer people to give it money, okay? (laughs) So this is an open-world AAA game with a multiplayer experience incorporating a multi-chapter epic narrative user-generated content through a virtual sandbox where players can create their own worlds and keep social and streaming integrations. Okay. Sounds cool. good, doesn't it? Yeah, great. Does sound like <laughs> great. A lot. See you there. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Sounds like a lot of buzzwords. Um, All the buzzwords. Mm. Buzzwords um, so video game, yeah. It also sounds very much like a metaverse play, doesn't it? Doesn't it just... Um, uh, yeah, so uh, the only other information on the game is a brief plot t- teaser on the official website, which reads... In the near future, technology has brought humanity to the precipice of a world-shifting change. There are those who want to use this technology to advantage only themselves and those who want to use it to help all humankind. Will we look to the stars or stare only at our feet? Will we be inspired or live in fear? There's a war between good and evil in the hearts of men and women. Everything is changing and there's no going back. It's a game. It's a community. It's a new world. The storm is on the horizon and it is only the beginning of everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's only the beginning of everywhere, Simon. Yeah. It's only the beginning. Uh, these systems and these uh, uh, games are obviously horrendously hard to build and make successful and there are an enormous number of them coming from all angles at the moment. This is clearly one from inside the video game space. Um, there's been another huge one announced this last week from the uh, NFT and blockchain space. I don't know if you saw, Simon, but the Bored Apes have dropped their play uh, other side. Um, and land inside that was going for ridiculous amounts of money uh, this week. And that's backed by... A name that you'll have heard on the uh, on the radio show over the last few years, uh, improbable. Have you seen that they've pivoted? Oh, I didn't. Right. I, so I, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't fully understand what other side. So just before we move away from everywhere, mm. uh, I, obviously, let's not diminish the achievements. Of Leslie Benzies. He's been a brilliant. I'm not. I, I'm Absolutely. Just, I'm just taking the Mickey out of the description. We will. Uh, <laughs> we, will we will wait and see what the game itself is like. But uh, yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have hoped that. Um, uh, I hope that it'll be more than investor buzzwords. But um, no, I didn't see that about improbable. Right. I saw a lot of chat about other side, and and, and as with most of the stuff. Um, in crypto and NFT, I have absolutely no idea what is going on um, mm. or what it means. Um, but no, uh, why am I not surprised by that? 
So enormous amounts of land have been generated for this this MMO, all of which is uh, in its in turn generating an awful lot of money based on speculation what these pieces of land will do for holders of it in the future and backed by the promise of an MMO in the future. I think it's super interesting to have, uh, again, Improbable's pivot alone is is very, very interesting because they are a company backed by hundreds of millions of dollars who've been operating in the game space for the last, how long? Maybe five years? Something like that. Um, with mixed results and are now aiming themselves squarely at the metaverse. Um but that's obviously um, backed by Board Ape and um, and the VC money from Anderson Horowitz, who I think also are a backer of Improbable. So it makes sense for them to pair together. That's coming from one angle, and here we've got uh, a play which, to me, sounds like it's aiming similar space. Maybe not. It it doesn't mention any blockchain or or um, uh, NFT stuff in there. But I'd be surprised if they're not thinking about that. Um, coming from the gaming space, and it's going to be interesting to see. So at some point, someone is going to win that kind of market. And there's, I know from dealing with VCs recently that there are hundreds, uh, minimally if not thousands, of metaverse plays existing right now. It'll be very, very interesting to see who wins. Because there's no doubt, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain someone or a few universes will win. Uh, and the thinking is currently in the space... Uh, from people close to me, that the victor is it's going to be a bit like the um, early days of mobile games and free-to-play games in that the winners aren't going to come from gaming people suddenly arriving going, hey, all right, lads, we're here. We know what to do. Uh, and nor is it exactly going to come from the people who are currently in that space, but kind of people positioning themselves, straddling, learning uh, from from both and understanding where uh, the technology, if not the space as it is right now, but the tech that underlies it is going in the future. Um, personally speaking, I hope it's not going to Ready Player One, which I think is a bit rubbish. <laughs> I agree. Talking of things that are a bit rubbish, uh, the surprise news this week uh, was um, courtesy of Nintendo, written by Andy Robinson on videogameschronicle.com. Former Nintendo of America boss Reggie Feel Aim. Is that how you pronounce his name? I've never said it, I've never said it fully out loud. Fils Emi. Fils, Fils Emi. Uh, that's, uh, that's a confident guess, I may be wrong. Okay, Fils Emi. Right, yeah. Former Nintendo of America boss Reggie Fils Emi has named 2004 GameCube title Donkey Konga as the best worst game he was involved with. Continuing the media tour for his new book, Fisa Me appeared on G4 TV and briefly discussed his dislike of the rhythm action spin-off, which was developed by Namco's Taiko non Sujin team. The game came bundled with a special DK Bongos controller and featured music from the Mario and Zelda series as well as various licensed songs. I have to tell you, as an executive, I hated Donkey Konga, Reggie told G4. I thought with our parent company, I thought it was going to hurt Donkey Kong brand. Personally, I didn't find it a lot of fun to play. I just pushed back hard. But he added, but you know what? We launched it. The first game actually sold reasonably well. But boy, it was I was not a fan. Uh, The comments are the latest criticism of past Nintendo products from the former NOA boss. Writing in his new book, Fisemi claimed that the company's US arm was forced to launch the Game Boy Micro in 2005 due to a lack of alignment between different parts of the business. He said the firm's US arm was planning on closing out the Game Boy Advance line that year with a Black Friday promotion that would clear its remaining inventory as uh, GBA was in a state of decline and NOA had switched its attention to making the recently launched Nintendo DS a success. But early in 2005, shortly after NOA had made its plans for the big GBA sale, he became aware of Nintendo Japan's plans to launch the Game Boy Micro. From my perspective, the concept of of Game Boy Micro was a non-starter, Fisemi said in the book. The hardware was exceptionally small. Not only were the control buttons difficult for any reasonably sized adult to manipulate, (laughs) (laughs) but the screen was tiny. This ran counter to current consumer electronics trends of making screens larger. In the same Gene 4 TV interview, Reggie said that the Nintendo Switch was the favourite of his console launches at Nintendo. There we go. Did you ever own a Game Boy Micro, Steve? Fun, funnily enough, I was just thinking, I think the Game Boy Micro is the only 
Game Boy system I don't own. Yeah. Um, I did, and uh, I think that Reggie is right, but I also think he is wrong. It, you know, if <laughs> if you look at uh, the trend now these days for doing smaller versions of uh, of consoles of the past, uh, you, you know, the Game Boy Micro is really desirable. Um, I don't know where my one ended up, but I have found myself on eBay on occasion thinking I really should, I really would like one of those again. I did think it was weird at the time. I remember well, that, that, that's because fit. you're that's because you're a reasonably sized <laughs> adult, a uh, human, right? Steve, uh, I did. I, I remember thinking it, it didn't really seem to fit with the arc um, of the hardware at the time. But then I guess Nintendo stuff never has. So um, I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a cute artifact, and I wish I I had one. Um, the <laughs> talking of eBay. Donkey Konga, mm. during uh, while you were reading that story out, I almost went across to the other side of my room, the opposite corner of the room from where the controller was, and pulled out the Donkey Konga bongos in box, which remain Ooh. the most awkward video game artifact I own to um, hide away. And I've barely ever used them in the... I don't know, how long is it since they came out? 15 years or something like that? Mm. More um, and uh, they're too big to put under a bed. The <laughs> box is too, is too, it's too wide in all dimensions to put under a bed. And so they've always been out but hidden somewhere over that time, waiting for their moment, which has never come. Uh, and yeah, I... I I could, Simon, right now get them and show them to you, but it feels a bit indecent to be showing a grown man my bongos on. <laughs> uh, on the won't screen. be the first time, surely, <laughs> surely. Uh, I think let's... it's a bit rich of Reggie to rip into that game. Well, like, really, exactly. Um, I've got some bad news for you. They're only twenty six pounds ninety nine on That's eBay. Why. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Right. It's not worth yeah. it now, is it? I have to work, wait for the wait for the value to to increase. You're gonna need to get a bigger bed, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did you do you ever play Donkey Konga? I did. Yes. I, I used to own the bongos. I I I I may still do. They they could be in the loft. Well, you've got know. a very big bed and a very big loft. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I don't know. Surely Nintendo Nintendo have certainly um, released. Games that are worse than that, have they? Yeah, well, the, you know, this is this, but maybe Reggie liked them. Well, that's it, isn't it? Mm. Subjectivity. Um, mm. Any more news stories, Simon? That's all your news. There was one about Kanye West uh, pitching a game to Miyamoto once, um, but uh, it didn't make the cut, I'm afraid. All right. Thanks, Simon. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We broadcast on the greatest radio station in the world, and we've been broadcasting for longer than any other video game radio show in the world, which makes us the longest-running video game radio show in the world. No one can take that away from us until we stop doing it. We're not going to do that ever so just give up. <laughs> um, we've also uh, a podcast. You can hear the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. The show notes on that website contain a link to our Discord, which is vital. Also, any information on the music you can hear if you're listening to the podcast version, uh, and other notes written by our share uh, by <laughs> written by our under caretaker Phil. Uh, thank you for that, Phil. Uh, big news this week, Steve. I was. Um... Thursday, I was uh, I was looking at my Steam library, and I was getting excited about the Steam Deck. So what I did was on Thursday afternoon was I um, I created a new library uh, cata- uh, filter in my Steam library thing. I called it Two Deck, where I was adding games so that when that when I get my Steam Deck, I can I can just uh, have them all in one place. I could just quickly load them up, and so I've, I've sorted through them. Uh, I'll give you a taste of what those are going to be. Um, I'm going to play Batman Arkham Origins. I've never finished that. Beyond Two Souls, I've never, I've never <laughs> played that. No, don't laugh. Um, I'm going to finish Broken Side. <laughs> listen to listen to all these aspirations. <laughs> you come back to me in a year's time. I've done none of this. Uh, Broken Sword mm. Five. Uh, I was talking to Charles Cecil this week, and he told me some stuff about the Broken Sword series, and he sent me a video, and it was very, very cool. So I got me excited about Broken Sword again. Um, I'm going to give Death Stranding another chance. Uh, I'm going to finish Death Loop. Elden Rings ready to go. God of War. <laughs> GTA 4. I'm going to just finish these, Steve, because, uh, you know, th- that's what I'll be able to do. Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. I mean, again, I remember that very fondly. So, I want to. And The Witcher 2. I'm going to finish that as well. So, that's so all of those games are yeah. going to stop you from playing all of the other games, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm also obviously never going to play. I'm never going to do it. Again, <laughs> let's let's Absolutely be honest. Um, but it was nice. It was nice spending uh, 20 minutes uh, going through my library and just applying a new tag to those. I'm excited. Thursday evening, Steve. Get a little email from Valve, don't I? <gasps> Your deck is ready to be reserved. Reserved. Sorry, 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 sorry. Not ready to be reserved. Ready to be your. You can complete your 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 purchase. Your your reservation has matured. Oh, okay. I had three. I had three days. You got three days to complete your purchase. Day. I did it in five minutes. Very good. Um, and so yeah, now now you know. Whereas it just brings a new form of of joy, you know, to the potential Steam Deck owner's life. Whereas previously. You know, you would check almost daily just to see where what what Q2 meant, whether you'd been moved up or down, uh, even though you knew it wasn't going to change. Um, but now that I've had the email, what I do at least twice a day is just see whether it's shipped yet. And it hasn't. I, I bought it at five <laughs> past six on Thursday. It's ready to ship soon. Brilliantly, um, I'm I'm not going to be around on Thursday and Friday. Uh, and so I can see it arriving then. And then being taken back to a post office where I expect it <laughs> to be stolen. <laughs> we've talked about um, two things on the radio show before. I mean, we've talked about many things on the radio show before, but two things that I'd like to bring up um, because new listeners may not be aware of them. Uh, one is that back in the day, Video Game Magazine, uh, and both of both Simon and I used to be video game journalists Um Simon for the one and me for Edge magazine. But before both of those magazines, there was a a magazine called Ace, Advanced Computer Entertainment, I believe, which had the predicted interest curve. Am I right about that? 
It did. Yep. Okay, Simon, do you want to describe the predicted interest curve? Yes. Uh, like you know, back in the day, so Ace was uh, run by well, um, in its last incarnation i believe it was jim douglas uh david upchurch who i worked with uh, as a dear friend of mine and gary witter um and back then um magazines would do anything to differentiate themselves some people like would have drawings caricatures etc 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 but it was it was the predicted interest curve by ace which was yet another thing uh that journalists had to um uh, dream up um, and so it would pl- it would plot interest over time, as the name might imply, uh, uh, how the game would keep you entertained and engaged as you played it for an hour, a day, a week, etc. So I mean, obviously, it was... it was nonsense, and it wasn't science. It was entirely <laughs> subjective. Uh, it, it was. Um, I thought it was. You know, I remember thinking it's quite a smart idea at the time, and I, I still sort of do, even though it is nonsense uh because it was it was broken up as i remember uh exponentially on the x-axis so it was over the immediate future over hours and the days and weeks and a year right so this sort of curve of course the truth is that most graphs are the same right it's just a case of how quickly they your attention wanes it's very rare that you know like i did in <laughs> with elden ring six weeks on go actually i'm going back in you know, yeah. something about this is... Um, so it's very rare you get an interesting graph. But even so, I thought it was an interesting innovation. And talking of innovations, we have our own measure of that on One Life Left, which is TTC, yep. uh, the time to canal, which, yep. again, Simon, you might want to explain to our listeners. Yeah, I, you know, I um, am someone who gets very excited about something uh, for ages and then ultimately disappointed very quickly um, once I have my hands on whatever it was I was excited about. And then um, I th- uh, once that happens, it goes in the canal. Mm. So those two values obviously uh, interlinked. And I am very interested in your opinion, your subjective opinion, uh, based on... I mean, this has had more of a build-up than I think any other piece of technology in One Life Left's long history. Um, actually, perhaps... Perhaps accepting that um, play date that we brought up. Yes, although neither yes. of us have ordered that, have we? So. No, we haven't. <laughs> so maybe even more expectation for that. Yes. You're going to have to fish it out of someone else's <laughs> canal. Uh, um, yeah, I'm very interested to hear, hear what you think. Oh, Steve, I, it's going to be, uh, you know, without doubt, this is going to be my best friend forever. <laughs> I, Oh, the places we will go, uh, the things that we will see, and the, 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 the countries I will be playing Elden Ring in. Um, I, you know, I, I, I might start a travel blog. Um, mm. um, a TikTok, so Simon. I could do, actually. And, you know, I think genuinely, um, as a sign of, of on what foot my relationship with the Steam Deck is starting off on, I genuinely ordered, I placed my order, paid for it, while I was on the toilet. <laughs> I, it's actually true. Um, and that's, and you've you know, not, that's, that's where I'll be playing Elden Ring. you sort of at all rocked by any of the things we've heard about the Steam Deck in the last sort of month or so? What's the opposite of rocked? <laughs> rocked? My, my, my confidence has, has increased. <laughs> Have you seen all the stuff you can do on it? On the toilet? I don't think I want to know. You can play Mario 64 on it, Steve. <laughs> there we go. That's the measure of it for you, isn't it? Another uh, machine for you to not play Mario 64 on. Oh, and then you can start Mario 64 and you can go all through the, all of the consoles up to PlayStation 3, I think. You know, you'll add to that list, Steve, me finishing Metal Gear Solid 4, which I've never done. Mm. Good. Well, we'll hear more about that very, very soon, probably. The canal is licking its lips. <laughs> Let's do the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. All right, I'm, I'm going right now into the mailbag channel. Uh, we definitely have uh, a 
last couple of letters there. Um, one from Weaselspoon uh, from last week. Hello team, hello SSG. This year's prom session... Sorry, I just... Shown my proms naivety from the start there. This year's proms season has just been announced. For those not in the know, the proms are a long-running series of mostly classical concerts running daily through the summer at the Royal Albert Hall. The prom of the name refers to them being promenade concerts with all of the standing tickets in the arena and the gallery only being available on the day. This year, they're £6 plus fees. In my day, it was a fiver in cold, hard cash. Every concert is broadcast broadcast live on Radio 3 and some on BBC 4. Why am I banging on about this, I hear you ask? This year, Prom 21 on the 1st of August is titled Gaming Prom from 8-Bit to Infinity. Currently confirmed, the Royal Philharmonic will play music from Battlefield 2042, Dear Esther, Kingdom Hearts and Shadow of the Colossus with a full programme to be revealed. We've had lots of video game concerts already, but it's great to see it being placed amongst regular orchestral music. Prom 20 is Stravinsky and 22 is Beethoven. What would you like to see on the full programme? What's your favourite video game music? Also, what do you think they'll pick from the 8-bit era, which they're contractually obligated to do? And what from that era will sound good with a full orchestra behind it? I'm hoping there's something good from the C64, but I suspect it will all be consoles. Pip-Pip Roberts. Yeah, I, so the, obviously it's great uh, and obviously exciting. And I've, I've been lucky enough to see the... I think maybe you were there, Steve. Was it... Uh, I think it was the Austrian Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, although it was in it was a it was a uh, Gamescom, so that 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 feels incorrect. Anyway, um, but they did a um, a an, an evening of playing video games music with uh, a with a full orchestra, and it was just joyful. Um, my slight concern is that you know if those are the headlines. Uh, you know, because we all whistle the theme to Battlefield 2042, <laughs> don't we? Um, or, 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 or whatever it is. Uh, what were the other ones? Well, it's Kingdom Hearts, isn't it? Which you love. Which I love. And then, um, what were the other ones? Uh, Dear Esther. Oh, yeah. I mean, so obviously the music in Dear Esther is spectacular. But the other, t- the other two, I'm like, what? Um, now, I did here the Metal Gear Solid theme being played and that really did make the hairs on my arms stand up um but then also contrast that with the original Monkey Island theme which was played at the time as well and that was fantastic to hear that um you know and then obviously you can grin your way through the Mario themes etc etc but for me if they are going to do 8-bit uh, songs it would be the ocean loading music <laughs> Uh, which, was, which was spectacular. It was spectacular. Uh, That's but, um, kind of the point, isn't it? That all of the songs that we personally feel are spectacular are the ones that have been personal to us and repeated a lot as we've sunk loads of times into video games or waiting for video games to load in the past. Um, so, I don't know. Battlefield 2042 may have iconic music. Um, neither of us have played that game, right? Nope. Kingdom Hearts, we know um, the kids love Kingdom Hearts. And this is to attract the kids. It's not for us, right? Do the kids love Kingdom Hearts? They definitely do. They kids? Absol- By kids, I mean, well... Oh, certainly for people the- who are 40. No, I mean <laughs> the students that I've been teaching uh, for the okay. last five years, right? Like, well, Yeah, they- I was just... Yeah, I, sorry, I, I I was just thinking of whenever Ramona has gone. Oh, Dad, can you play King Kingdom Hearts again? Which is, <laughs> which is never. But she will. Like, will she? She will. I mean, if it keeps going and she has an anime phase, deck. which she probably will, mm. um, she'll want to play Kingdom Hearts. And so, I don't know. Like these, like Jessica Curry, like very very important and brilliant musician yeah. and also she's been fronting classic fm's video game show right yeah For, so it makes perfect sense to have uh dear esther in there it's like great piece of music and you know she's been an advocate of this kind of thing the advocate of this kind of thing um since before it was a thing uh i can imagine battlefield and 
um, <coughs> sorry, Battlefield and Kingdom Hearts are a good fit for the type of audience they want to attract. And uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I don't know, but could imagine that they have talked to Jessica about brilliant music from video games, and that's uh, that's you know I personally can't remember it. Are you implying famously. that they? Are you implying that they don't want us there? <laughs> we haven't been asked to select our favourites, but Robert has just asked us to select our favourites. So Simon, what would you select apart from what well, you've said, haven't you? The I ocean loading music. Yes, exactly. What about so, you? Oh no! You did that thing of turning it around before I had a chance. Well, because well, to be fair to me, I had already answered. I you mean, had. What, what what I can do is I can sing it whilst you think. Sing it while I think. Let's see. That was the music. Just to uh, let the young people know, uh, if you can put down Kingdom Hearts for a second, um, when you used to load games from tape. Uh, the o- uh, games published by Ocean had the same uh, music which was playing in the background while you waited very patiently for your games to load. And it was All right, I know... By Martin Galway. I have, um, I have three answers. There now. we go. Uh, the first answer, the first two answers are, are pretty obscure, but as I said, like, they are the, you know, the games from your youth uh, that, uh, that you used to listen to all the time. Neither of them I can, uh, I can sing. But I remember, Simon, taping the music to Pac-Mania, uh, okay. which is a 3D isometric version of Pac-Man. Loving it sing so it. much, I taped it, brought it in to play it on the common room stereo um, and it was very, very quickly taken off by one of the cool kids. Uh, <laughs> but put uh, the Smiths on. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think it was actually what they put on uh, was REM's Out of Time. Okay. Um, the the other thing I was going to say is I remember BBC Micro, the soundtrack to Firetrack soundtrack, but the piece of music played in the background of Firetrack, uh, I absolutely loved. Uh, that was a scrolling shooter. But of course, the answer, the correct answer is another scrolling shooter it is Zenon 2 it's a mega blast it's a mega blast that's what I would uh, pick from, by Bomb the Bass I would love to hear the Royal Philharmonic doing that or something from Parappa the Rapper <laughs> any more letters uh, we do we've got plenty uh, in the do we not have any in the inbox uh, not that I can see no okay um El Chivo 83 says this. Hello, team. Hello, Simon, Stee, and G. I emailed this letter about a month ago, but it was never read out, so I'm assuming it got lost in the shuffle and wasn't just overlooked for not being up to scratch. I thought I tried the Discord too. Uh, yes, please, anyone, if you email us, assume it's gone into spam because we will read it out. Or if it's obscene, explain that we haven't read it out because it's obscene. I recently decided to make the effort to play and review the game that was assigned to me when I joined the Discord. The game, Cypher 61, turned out to be Windows only, and so, as a Mac user, this was not accessible to me. I did briefly consider using this moment as the impetus to finally go in and buy my first gaming PC in about 15 years. But as much as I respect the role and responsibilities that come with being a One Life Left Discord member, I think I'd struggle to communicate the enormity to my partner in order to justify that outlay. In lieu of a review then, a question, has a game ever actually been a system seller for you and justified the purchase of new hardware all by itself? Has such a thing ever really existed for anyone? I bought a Switch early on just to play Breath of the Wild, but I knew that Nintendo's track record meant there would be other hits to play later. And if it got if it had really been just about that game, I I could have just got it for my Wii U. Anyway, if Cypher 61 has stirred something, and this time I'm ne- I'm sitting in front of a super high-end PC this time next year, I I'll know who to blame. Cheers, Tom. Simon, system sellers. Ba, ba, ba. That's a great question. I must. It there must have been. I mean, I can tell you what didn't sell systems. I I'd never bought an Xbox for Halo. I. So I, I you know I buy the Nintendo's hardware for the Nintendo games. Um. Yeah, similar story. I mean, we all played Breath of the Wild on our new Switches as a, when we could have played them on our Wii U. Um, I can't recall. I can't recall. I'm I'm sorry. 
So for me, absolutely, Parappa the Rapper was a system, a literal system seller uh, to me uh, back in my student days. Seeing it at a house party, as I've said many times on One Life Left Before, and going out the next day to Blockbuster Video and buying a PlayStation um, then and there. Um, and recently, genuinely, to a point, Elden Ring was the motivation for buying my new gaming PC because I knew I was about to lose my old gaming PC, and while almost everything that I want to play, I could play on the previous one, which I've I've kept kicking around. Um, I knew that there was uh, <laughs> there was no way I was going to play Elden Ring on that, and even though I didn't want to play it, I did want to play it to understand why everyone else was still into it. So uh, I guess that counts as a system seller for me. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, we've got, I think, one more letter from the listeners here. Oh no, wait. It's not a letter. It's a comment. It's an invoice. It's from, it's from Ian L. Um, uh, Ian L. Uh, answers Robert's letter and says, FAO, Weasel Spoon. The prom site has the set list. It's not remotely one I would have chosen, but they have Hilda Gun... Good... Oh, I shouldn't have done this. It's an Icelandic name. Hilda Gudnadottir, maybe, playing. Since she's brilliant, I'm half-tempted anyway. Love her work for both Chernobyl and the Last Few Sun records. So apparently, the set list is on the prom site. Simon, can you find that? I will do, yes. Uh, Can you fill for me for a second? I can. By Um, by singing the music from Pac-Mania. Well, (laughs) I've actually... I I went to see Sun, uh, the band that Ian uh, says there, a few years ago. Uh, Sun and Boris, who I love unconditionally. Love Sun as well. Loudest band I've ever seen. True story. I had earphones in and still had to watch them with my hands over my ears, which you would think defeats the point of going to a concert. I went to see a um, a band called the Jim... Jones review at the Hundred Club in uh, Tottenham Court Road, and I genuinely had defective hearing for four days afterwards. <laughs> I can't find it, Steve. I found an article on proming, which I um, which, I, <laughs> which I didn't know existed. Uh, but there we go. Uh, we're running out of time. All right. Um, thank you for all your letters. If you want to write to One Life Left, email team at onelifeleft.com. And as a backup, stick your message in the Discord. We're back uh, on Resonance FM and on your local corner shop podcast provider. Uh, We are One Life Left. We are a video game podcast and radio show. And this, I think, is the review section. Simon, what have you been playing this week? I have been playing the Loot River, uh, which is on uh, PC and is in Game Pass. I've been playing it on Steam. Uh, it is uh, the elevator. I'm a big fan of elevator pitches, um, and the this one is uh, Tetris meets Dark Souls. Um, uh, in that, it is a dungeon crawler uh, with pretty uh, fast, meaty combat. Uh, it's a roguelike in that um, it has uh, elements of uh, procedurally generated play, uh, but you are traversing along a river on platforms that you can slide around and slot together almost like a Tetris. Okay, I am 100% in. Like, <laughs> like This sounds absolutely brilliant, and all of it will rely on that core mechanic of sliding and slotting things around. Uh, exactly. But I am so far, like, <laughs> genuinely, immediately after the show, going to boot up my PC and, and yeah, get that. So it's uh, so the early stages are quite taxing, actually, in terms of... Um, uh, because you, you, you move your... Um, you move your character with one stick and you move the blocks uh, the block that you're standing on with the other and that's a bit like tapping your head and moving uh, rubbing your tummy uh, at the same time and um, it, 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 it takes takes a few minutes to sync with it but once it does and you understand you know what's happening here it's um, 
it's it's really smart. So you know, I, often I, I I struggle with these games, and I am I'm, I'm in my very very early stages of it here. Often I struggle with these. I'm not I'm generally not very good at them, but this um, adds opens up a new tactical way of playing in which you can slide, slam a block next to one that's got some enemies on it, uh, pull some of them onto your tile and move away with it to stop, so you can split them up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 lots of fun. Like I say, I'm still in the early stages, uh, but the core mechanic, uh, smashing those two genres together, um, is really really smart. Thoroughly enjoying it. Seven out of ten. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to be quick about this. Yes. So, was playing Elden Ring until this week, and then suddenly looked at myself and was like, "Look, you are not enjoying this. You are du- just doing this to get to the next point where you might enjoy it. You're just doing this to get a spell you think might be powerful or a sword you think might be powerful. You understand the main leaps. It is a uh, sorry, the main loops, and it is a waste of time. So, I posted on Twitter." I need a game to play. What shall I play? And anonymous commenter, t- <laughs> anom- uh, anonymous commenter said, "Have you played Vampire Survivors?" And so I played it, and I shouldn't have played it, Simon, because I am now thoroughly locked in to a game which is basically a clicker, an idle game, a grindy, grindy, <laughs> bullet hell type avoider. Um with a loop that I cannot break free of. Essentially, you start the game, loads of enemies come at you, you can't fire, you can just move around and avoid them, and ultimately uh, you upgrade your character so you are firing, and then you're firing more stuff, and your weapons get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you choose this weapon or that weapon, and you're firing so much stuff that the screen is full of bullets and full of enemies, and you feel powerful, and then you die. And then you upgrade your character or unlock a new one and go through the cycle again. And it's short playtime, sub half an hour, you know, usually around about, you know, 10 minutes to 20 minutes. Just long enough for you to feel yourself getting powerful, just long enough for you to feel the pain when that power is ripped away from you. And there is just that incremental amount you get better to make you think, well, you know, I'm starting off slightly further in this time. Unlock new characters, unlock new dungeons. I am learning nothing by playing it, but I am if not enjoying it, addicted. And it's cheap, and it's good, and it's so well made. 7 out of 10. Good stuff! <laughs> I, love, I love the way there's the sound of a door slam <laughs> in my building at the end, which entirely encapsulated how I feel about that game. Just like, I am in, and I can't avoid it, so fine. Slam. Well, or it's your neighbours that have been, have been listening to you, and they, and they disagree. Well, maybe. They may also have just heard the soundtrack, which loops uh, about a minute and is probably the next thing that the Royal Philharmonic are going to do because that is just thoroughly in my head as well. Great. Well, I think we're up against the wire here, Steve. We are. Um, Thank you, Simon. It's been super, super fun. Uh, Let's do it again in the morning or afternoon sometime soon. Oh, again, not the first time you've said that, eh? Hey! Thanks for listening. All right. Goodbye. Bye.